0: It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down break all now. the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome in to
1: the Bottom Line News Radio six ten K O N A. It is Tuesday afternoon five four seven one six ten is the number. Rob Francis at Dawson, hanging with you, man. We have got a lot of ground to cover today. Coming up at four o'clock this afternoon, we will have our first candidate forum of the season, featuring the mayoral candidates for uh, Benton City, Linda Lehman and David Sandretto will join us. But we're going to kick things off with an already elected official. Joining us in studio, State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson, and it is always good to see you, especially in person, sir. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. We know you've you got, a, got a bit of business here uh, that you're taking care of on the east side of the state, just in Yakima. Uh, today, I believe, wasn't it? Or was it Yesterday.
2: Uh, no, it's actually tomorrow. Tomorrow you're yeah. in Yakima.
1: What, uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, what, what you'll be doing in Yakima tomorrow?
2: The uh, The finance officers is a f- uh, uh association of Washington State. So these are uh, accountants from uh, the counties and various cities and other uh, public entities. Uh, they gather together uh, once a year for like training seminars and everything. Great group. I used to attend it when I was a uh, county treasurer and before that when I was uh, with the state auditor's office. And uh, so they're a great bunch of people, uh, and uh, so I'll be attending that one and uh, watching some of my staff there that are conducting some of the training and be even leading one of them myself.
1: Fantastic, that's awesome. Uh, Speaking of money, which is certainly your forte as the (laughs) state treasurer, Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, the state and the money situation. And we know in the just past legislative session, a extremely onerous amount of new taxes were passed uh, when there was a significant amount of questions as to why the need, why necessary, uh, why do we need this many taxes when the state is doing well, particularly in a number of different sources of revenue um, as the state treasurer do where do you see the incre or the, the the balance in what the state already has revenue wise with this Desire to create so many more taxes to add into uh, the state's revenue. Were we doing just fine or was there a need in some areas to bring
2: more revenue in? No, we, uh, there, there's, no there's no need. And uh, what it all boils down to is what you expect to get if, if uh, c- on our current mandates of, of government and our current programs, there was no need. What they want the additional revenue for is to expand government. And when you bring on all these new programs, you need additional revenue for that. So, they're pu- so the push for additional revenue uh, will continue. Is, is there any
1: – we know that former U.S. Senator Tom Coburn used to put out his own report every year that dealt with the amount of, of waste and unnecessary funding and unnecessary projects that the federal government would do. Do we have any tracking of that in Washington State as to how much of our tax dollars is going to unnecessary things or being
2: subjected to waste and fraud? Well, uh, uh, that's that, uh, I'm not aware of anything that looks at it in that format. Uh, uh, some of these programs like uh, uh, different types of leave and uh, different kind of uh, programs like the uh, family leave and things, some people wouldn't interpret it as being uh, excessive or fraudulent. They're just expanding the scope and breadth of government. And so uh, uh, some people believe in more smaller, leaner, uh, uh, limited government, not infringing on a private industry where it can. And then there's others that think that, uh, you know, government programs ought to be expanded. Uh, uh, the amount of services ought to be increased. And that takes additional revenue to do.
1: Now, one of the things that also the legislature discussed and didn't uh, put a bill forward on and take a vote on which we believe that they will revisit coming in 2020 is 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 this this thing they're calling capital gains that they're trying to mm-hmm. say is an excise tax and not an income tax, which which is also kind of interesting in the parsing. Uh, we know that no state looks at it as an excise tax, but as an income tax. Talk to us a little bit about the capital gains battle and and as well what the
2: implication of capital gains would mean to the average. Washingtonian. Well, I think it, uh, the, the trouble with the capital gains tax is it's the first step. First of all, it is, by definition, an income tax, and it's based on your income. And uh, they will try to probably push for a capital gains tax, saying that the money is going to be earmarked for some particular program or something like that. We know how that goes when, <laughs> when you pledge uh, things. For, I mean, uh, uh, memories are short. And things get all thrown in the pot and then redistributed out uh, amongst uh, uh, different uh, uh, policy decisions at a later date. But um, capital gains uh, is, an, is an income tax, but more importantly in this state, we don't have the mechanism to collect that. So that means that there's going to be a whole new department created or a department within the department of revenue to create this because we don't have income tax. And once you do have that mechanism to start collecting capital gains. Well, we all know what, what that means. We're just one step away from being able to just ramp it up a little bit further and collect an income tax. <laughs> Shaking
3: of the head and sighing. <laughs> it just, well, it, it, the, the, the question that I have, uh, I guess, is everyone in the state knows that an income tax is unconstitutional. Uh, and it's been that way for a while now. Is there any truth in in your viewpoint that the the Democrats that are pushing for this in the legislature are actually trying to get this to the court system uh and then you know roll the dice and maybe they they come up with seven
2: yes it was split you know that uh it's unconstitutional but for that to go to the Supreme Court may have a different outcome now. I believe that the current atmosphere is that there's a majority and we're pushing to get as much as we possibly can. Political uh, uh, pendulum swing always in history, and it's important to try to get as much as you can when you can. And so I think that that's one of the things that's going on here is there's going to be a big push. There's a new uh, speaker. And I believe that we will uh, be uh, uh, looking at a lot of these things. It is a short session. They are up for election. They will want to get out of town fast. But there's also a lot of enthusiasm for these type of things before something swings back the other way for this and other programs too. Is it fair to say that an income tax is still unpopular
1: in Washington State, the, oh. the, the, there may be there may be some growth on the west side in support of it, but overall statewide, there's, it's still fair to say it's north
2: of sixty percent that is not in favor of a state income tax. Oh, I believe uh, uh, undoubtedly. I uh, I uh, work around the state uh, talking to uh, folks and elected officials all throughout the state. Try to visit all counties uh, uh, and and uh, I get a lot of input, and I get a lot of of um, remarks about that. You know, th- there's only a handful of States that doesn't have an income tax, but let's look at them. Washington state, Texas, Florida, all the ones that have int- incredible growth right now. I don't think we need much more evidence that not having a state income tax is very good for business. And it's very, look at the businesses that we've attracted and grown here in Washington state and the tech side and, and, and other, uh, the, I really believe we have had a very business-friendly climate, and we need to try to protect that because there's been a lot of assaults on that lately.
1: Now, it's also interesting to me, and, and it's just, I've got one, one more to throw at you after I hit this one, but um, when the young governor is out there running around, uh, one side of his mouth says we need a capital gains tax. The other side of his mouth, when he was pretending to run for president, was touting the fact that we didn't have an income tax (laughs) and saying how great of a business state Washington is because we didn't have a state income tax. So which side of the mouth is the one that the governor is actually speaking out of? Because it (laughs) seems like he is a proponent when he's in-state rallying his base for a capital gains tax, but as soon as he gets into Oregon or Idaho, the tune changes and he doesn't want a state income tax. I mean, the guy did it with Boeing where he said they basically mugged him, but he was the first one to sign on the dotted line before Boeing could even sign to extend the, the the tax break. So does he truly believe that a capital gains is the way to go? Or does he understand that by doing this, he's going to severely cripple Washington's chances in the business world? <laughs>
2: you know, I don't know. You'd have to ask him that. I really don't. We tried. I've, heard, I, I've heard him <laughs> say... I, I understand where that's coming from. I really do because we, uh, uh, I have, I didn't bring him with me, but I have a couple screenshots of a couple. Uh, uh, the Department of Commerce, uh, representative from the Dep- Department of Commerce, was touting the fact that uh, you know we're a no income tax state, and that's one of his departments, just right under the governor's uh, preview. So I, I, I kind of carried it around just for humor uh, purposes. <laughs> so I don't have it with me today, or I'd show it to you. So. Uh, uh, it's, um, it, it is an interesting question. But I did want to talk, if I could, a little bit about another initiative that uh, doesn't get as much airtime because people don't kind of understand a little bit. But it's about g- growing the scope and breadth of government and what they do. And that's this concept about a state bank. Let's take a quick time out, Secretary-
1: or Treasurer Davidson, before we get to that, because Absolutely. we know- okay. want to give you plenty of time to be able to dive into that. And let people know exactly what that means. Now, for those that don't know, there is one state in the union that does have a state bank. It's in North Dakota. And we'll give you the history on that as well as to why that was formed and the reason for it and why the reason for Washington State wanting to form one is completely and totally different. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A with State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson after this.
0: Join the show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed. Presented by McCary Neitz in Basin City on News Radio 610 KONA.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed joined by our state treasurer, Dwayne Davidson. Always a pleasure to have him in studio. Um, state banks. It's been a topic in Washington state for a few years now. Uh, There is one state in the union that has a state bank, and that is North Dakota. And if I remember correctly, if my history is correct, it either was at the right before the turn of the 1900s or right after the turn of the 1900s. The North Dakota established a state bank um, because the agriculture industry did not have a way or means at that point in time to be able to do reliable banking. And so the state of North Dakota established a bank in order to
2: help the, bur- the 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 burgeoning agriculture industry in North Dakota. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, good history. That is that is correct. It was a, basically almost like a grange movement to get uh, banking into the plains. Interestingly enough, and I can't remember his name right now. I should have this uh, committed to memory. The governor that helped spear led uh, spearhead that in North Dakota was a very liberal uh, Republican. Uh, um, governor that brought two initiatives to the state. One was a state income tax and one was a state bank <laughs> and both survived today. And he was recalled becoming the first governor in United States history to, uh, ever, uh, be recalled. Uh, and now we've had two with, a. uh, uh, Gray Davis from uh, California. So anyway, there's a little bit more history about well, it. We, was his we,
1: last name Inslee? By any
2: we, chance I was going to say, <laughs> it? We, we know Inslee's not
1: listening, but maybe he should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so talk to us a little bit about why now, in the late 2010s, this is becoming a hot topic in Washington State. I think I know, but, let, but, but
2: inform our listeners as to why this is becoming such a hot topic. Well, there's a perceived need that I think, I I, I do believe that this is kind of a solution looking for a problem because uh, they think that there's this need for uh, more capacity of uh, infrastructure financing. Um, I think that we have some excellent programs with the Public Works Trust Fund uh, that's existed for years. It is an excellent program. The State Treasurer's Office has the COP program the local program. What we do is we bundle, we take small issuance Uh, issues from uh, all around the state, we collectively bundled together and then go out to market to get a good economy of scale and a rate. And we're able to, I think one of our recent sales was like a 2.8 uh, interest rate. So it's a very highly effective way of getting good financing for local governments for them. But this is a very progressive idea a state bank it's not just local uh, it, it's just not being discussed in washington state it's in other places it's a. Uh, it, it's extremely a progressive idea it's big government all the way and um uh it would increase the state debt which we already have enough of 21 billion dollars we're one of the highest uh, we were sixth. now i think we're eighth in the nation per capital with a uh, debt nice work by the way on that. and and uh <laughs> oh. so i think that we need to uh uh I take a real strong look at this because there is a growing movement of people that think that this would be a, a good idea. The the political motives behind it to address your question seems to be anti bank. There's a lot of anti big bank sentiment. You know, one of the legislation that was put through right at the last moments in the last legislative session was a doubling of the ex uh, of the B and O tax. Against the largest banks. We singled out the largest banks and said, you guys should pay double what everybody else pays. And I, the, I, I, I questioned almost the legality. You know, that, that, was, uh, that was kind of a bizarre thing to see happen. So anyway, this is kind of like a, um, uh, uh, a remnant of Occupy Wall Street. I think it's all just anti-bank. The trouble that I have with it is we don't know how it's going to be governed. Would it be a board appointed by the, by the, uh, uh, governor, uh, would it be, uh, and, and the big issue is where do we get the capital to start a bank? It takes a lot of money to start a bank. There's only a couple big pots of money at this, at the state level. One of them is the local government investment pool. What that is, is that's the money about, you know, 16, $18 billion on any given day that, uh, is in the treasurer's office, very fluid amount, kept very liquid investments, that is the city of Kennewick, Benton County, King County, uh, the local entities' money that's there on a short-term basis. It's basically like their checking account balance. That has to be kept very liquid, very fluid, so that's other people's money. So I believe that that can't be tied up for like a 20-year loan on construction of a school. That doesn't work. But more importantly, and they've actually called this out uh, in some of their proposed legislation, is SIB, which is the State Investment Board, which is our pension funds. That really troubles me because we got one of the better-ran pension systems in this nation. We're about 89% funded status. I wish we were 100, but we're a lot better off than Illinois or New Jersey that's in the upper 20s. And subjecting all those pension funds, PERS, TERS, SERS, and uh, you know all the different public uh, pension funds that are out there uh, for local government and state government... And putting those at risk uh, is, would be a terrible idea. In the last 10 years, we have averaged on the $100 billion investment portfolio, we've been averaging somewhere between 7 to 10% over the last decade. It's an incredible return because we got like 34% private equity in CalPERS down in California. I think it's down to single digit now. We have incredible return. And my question to them always is, how a state bank is created to do infrastructure financing for local governments, let's just say the typical school, we could probably bond that at about 2.5 or 2.8 or something like that right now today, we have expected a rate of return of 7 to 10%. Who's going to make up that difference? The legislature, I doubt it. I mean, it would be, plus it puts that money at risk. So I, uh, I, I think it would be a dangerous, uh, 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 just a very dangerous thing to
0: do.
1: Well, and not to mention the amount of capital that you mentioned to start it, you also have to have a means to insure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the FDIC, while it only insures up to a certain amount, it insures up to $100,000 for every single person that has an account. So, But how, not in a state bank. Not in a state bank. So how would the state then insure any funds that are in a state bank? You're talking about that's, that's not an insurance policy. Well, I'm sure well, it's a well, policy it, a few people would like to write, but not one I'd like to see.
2: Yeah, it's the one you would not. You said it best at the last. So it's not the one you want to see because it would be written, underwritten, with the good faith and credit of the people of the state of Washington. And so it, it, it would be a terrible, risky uh, thing to do. Do you have a few extra minutes to spend with us? Yes. Okay,
1: because a couple other things around the state bank that I want to bring up, because my understanding as well is there's one particular industry that is looking to benefit from the creation of a state bank because they legally can't bank. Okay. And so there has been some speculation that proponents of this industry want to see a state bank so that they have the ability to actually um, more... I don't know if legitimize is the right word Mm because it is legitimate in Washington State, but actually be able to use that money and push that money and be able to turn it into into different asset moving materials and so on and so forth. So we'll touch on that when we get back. Washington State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson taking some time out of his day to join us here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. And a reminder coming up at 4 o'clock, our first candidate forum of the season as the mayoral candidates. For Benton City, we'll join us, Linda Lehman and David Sandretto, at 4 p.m. Jeez, election season. It's well underway, and we're on top of it. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, after this.
0: Speak your piece. Call 509 547 1610. More of the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City.
1: Bottom line is Radio 610-K1A, a 547 is the phone number. Robin Ed here, pleased to be joined in studio by our state treasurer, Dwayne Davidson. And um, Mr. Treasurer, we were speaking about the state bank in the the last segment, and The rumor that's always been associated with the state bank is – and it kind of started not long after this initiative passed Mm -hmm. – was the marijuana industry needs a home for its money because they can't bank federally since it is still considered by the federal government to be an illegal substance, Mm -hmm. which means those that are in the marijuana industry, uh, well, they they tend to have a little more cash on hand than, than most business owners. Uh, and that this state bank would give them a way to, quote, legitimize their profits and be able to uh, use that money for other assets and things that they can't necessarily uh, maybe use that money for right now. Um, how much truth is there to that element that a state bank would really be um, created
2: for the benefit of the marijuana industry in Washington state. Uh, I hear that too, Uh, that has been uh, discussed and uh, I'm here to tell you that that is completely false. Uh, The problem is uh, you just talk to bankers and you'll find out that that is not a solution to that issue. Um, There is one state bank, which we referred to it before uh, the break of North Dakota, they have a medical marijuana in uh, that state and their state bank doesn't take uh, marijuana revenue because here's the here's the, here's the glitch any uh, almost every bank has to clear their funds through the fed through the federal Reserve the credit card payments and everything else mm-hmm. like that so they are still involved with the feds and that is the problem um Four states that have legalized and uh, you know there's becoming the majority of the states in, uh, in some uh, form whether it be uh Recreational use or or, uh, um, or medical use, I was dead set against that initiative when it passed. I, I really thought that it was a bad piece of legislation, but now I'm treasurer of a state where that's a major revenue, or a, a major uh, uh, becoming a, a big business. Sure, and uh, we have an issue uh, that does need to be addressed, and the only way we're going to be able to address that is to change uh, federal regulations to the point where they can actually uh, allow. Uh, our banks to take those monies. And I'm interested that that happens because of this reason. It's such a cash-based industry now that it presents all sorts of risk. There's no transparency. We hear that there's people that are paid under the table for, you know, uh, for uh, wages because the, m- people have excess cash. Uh, maybe there's child support enforcement payments that aren't being made and other kind of garnishments because uh, there's no transparency to the industry. And it's very, very risky. Um, we had the Cole memorandum, and uh, uh, former Attorney General uh, Sessions uh, uh, withdrew that Cole memorandum. They gave the banks uh, some uh, 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 some assurances. We just basically need to address that as a separate issue. A state bank is not a solution to uh, the cannabis banking uh, the cannabis banking problem.
1: And Is there any talk about trying to establish the Washington State Bank, or is there the ability to establish a state bank in Washington outside of federal purview?
2: Well, that would be uh, uh, totally outside of the feds. That would be that would be really difficult to do to have a bank that doesn't uh, uh, doesn't deal with the feds at all. I suppose you could try. I mean, I, I really haven't thought of that conceptually. Uh, I think that there is a, a real chance that we're going to find a solution to this uh, cannabis uh, issue because uh, there's discussion and there's growing support in both uh, uh, both caucuses uh, at the federal level. Um, there's two pieces of legislation that's been discussed at length. One's called the SAFE Act and the other is called the States Act. Uh, and, uh, I believe in one interview, uh, Trump even, uh, President Trump even uh, indicated that he would be supportive of, uh, I think that that was the, the state's act version. But, uh, I, I think that the president understands that this is an issue for some states that have legalized, uh, um, marijuana. It's not promotion of the industry it's just basically a public safety issue. And quite frankly, to make sure that we have transparency in the industry, Payments are being made, and we're collecting the taxes that we're supposed to be collecting. Uh,
1: yeah, and I'm sure there's other things that are affected, you know, along those lines regarding such a cash-based industry. But you and I both know—I think all of us in this room know—we've seen enough things walk crooked in Olympia that <laughs> if if it can if it can make it walk crooked, they're going to do whatever they can to make it walk crooked. But it, it's just it's 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 an interesting dynamic. And if not for that reason, then. It just does not make sense to me to even begin to go down the road of, of a state bank unless and, – and I hate to go in this direction, but I have so little trust of uh, of the majority in power in Olympia that I, I, I don't see anything – that that doesn't smell of nefarious in some way, shape, or form in trying to establish a bank that's simply going to be overseen by yet another committee appointed by somebody, mm-hmm. and the taxpayer is going to wind up on the losing end because, once again, we know how open and transparent Olympia has been. I mean, they they don't want to allow any kind of public... Records released from what they do, <laughs> they're still fighting it in court. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just don't see this as being a win for Washington taxpayers, no matter how altruistic they claim it is.
2: Well, unfortunately, there is a mentality when it comes to the state bank that there's uh, politicians that say that what the fundamental concept of this is is that we, instead of letting our interest payments, our uh, our, our profits, if you will. Be paid to Wall Street, kind of vilifying all bondholders as you know uh, Wall Street fat cats, which is not the truth. Uh, you know, uh, mutual funds buy uh, our bonds and, and it, the money you know comes back to us. But instead of money going to Wall Street, basically uh, we'll be paying ourselves, and so we can borrow our way to prosperity. <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm glad you have that kind of reaction because that's what my reaction is and that's why we gotta kill this idea.
1: That's worked so well when it's been put in practice, hasn't it? We have we have lots of people out there borrowing their way to prosperity. We'll borrow our
2: way to prosperity.
1: It doesn't work. Which, which, brings, which brings me to my last question for you, and we really appreciate your time this afternoon. You alluded a little bit earlier to where the state debt stands right now, that we've gone from sixth to eighth in the country. So it's moved down out. a little bit as far as our standing is concerned, where we are as far as the nation goes. Um, how, how are you managing with it? How, uh, you know, the investments we know recently, I think it was a year or two ago, you talked about the fact that you kept our, our rating. Uh, where it was with with some with some strategic maneuvering with with some investments and things like that, where are we sitting with the debt? How is our credit rating and uh where do you project do you project seeing this kind
2: of decreasing um, or as the years progress well i 'm glad you brought this up because i wasn 't even actually prepared and listeners, you have to believe this i didn 't even I, I think I would touch on this but uh a uh, week before last. Washington state received notification that Moody's has upgraded us to a triple a standing. And that is the first time in Washington state history that we've got that kind of a credit rating. Congratulations. So sir! I am very, very proud of that. That means that uh, uh, all of our public entities can borrow at amount that is uh, 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 less costly to them. And I think that that's the way that we need to do it is do our job, do the job the way that we've been doing it right and effective and keep uh, improving and not throw everything out the window and create a state bank uh, uh, is, is not the solution. I'm very, very proud of the st- of the work that my staff has done. I believe that uh, let, getting the information out with our debt affordability study, a study that we uh, launched that does an in-depth review of our debt, and we issue that to all legislators, has helped uh, it's out there on our website for people to look at. There's a there's a one page version we call the debt digest, and there's the uh, more comprehensive study. I believe that public awareness is where it's at. We got to get that information in uh, to where people can see it and people can bug their own uh, legislators uh, uh, about the issue. So uh, I'm very very proud of the work that uh, uh, the treasurer's office staff and even. The financial uh, people and some of the that we work with directly, and some of the other uh, agencies at the state uh, have done. We've done a, a that's a remarkable feat of getting that triple A uh, uh, rating. How much of a point shift is that? Uh, well, that that can't really be determined because the whole market dynamics of the whole thing, you sure. can't really pinpoint that because from day to day, things can change, you know, as things uh, uh, go on the market. So that'd be really dangerous to try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, guess that. But uh, but it's substantial. And next year, we there's two other big cra- uh, rating agencies, Standards and Poor's and Finch. And hopefully we'll have luck with them. Well, hopefully you're... Your
1: accomplishment doesn't lead to more borrowing into prosperity <laughs> since the interest rate fair gonna, enough since the interest rate's going to look so good, <laughs>
2: yeah, you don't borrow your way into prosperity
1: so so do you see and before before we I know we have to we have to let you go you've got to get somewhere, but um do you see that twenty one billion dollars? dwindling or do you see with some of the things that have been enacted by the legislature kind of holding flat over the next few years?
2: Well, I hope they were able to uh, hold it flat or at least keep it in check with the population growth and uh, and continue to explore uh, uh, ways to cash flow things better and pay as you go.
1: State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson, we always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you for coming I appreciate in. appreciate your time here. And you know, that, that AAA rating sounds like a great campaign point. <laughs> that sounds like one He's keep, not going to take debate. Sounds he's, like one to keep in the he's back. Not gonna, he's so, not going to take debate. Sounds bait, like Rob. one to hold on to for about uh 6 to 8 months, you know, just, just keep keep it rolling back there. But uh Safe Travels. Appreciate your time. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. State Treasurer Dwayne Davidson here on the bottom line. Back to digest after this.
0: The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by McCary meets in Basin City.
1: Bottom line, it's Radio 610-KONA. Robin Ed with you on this Tuesday afternoon. If you're looking for... A change in your insurance. Contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance on Road 68 in Pasco. You can visit his, web, his website as well, JasonHogue.com. Whether you're looking for car insurance, homeowners insurance, business insurance, farm insurance, he's got you covered, life insurance as well. Uh, Jason will sit down, shoot straight with you, let you know exactly what's going on, and if American Family Insurance can benefit you better than anybody else. And if they can, he'll tell you that too. That's how honesty is. Road 68 and Pascoe, JasonHook.com is the website. If you got kids, you want to find out what kind of great driving programs you can get them in. Safe driving programs for teens with American Family Insurance as well. Get a hold of Jason to find out more information at JasonHook.com. Road 68 and Pasco is the office location.
3: With with uh, no disrespect, I don't want to think about my son behind the wheel. He just turned 8. Got time. He probably thinks he could drive now. He probably does. You're right. Anyway, probably does. Right. But speaking of another, yeah,
1: speaking of, our of youth, a toddler, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> a toddler in a suit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the governor puts out a press release this afternoon. Can he go back on the campaign trail?
3: Oh, <laughs> it was much quieter that when he, when, he, 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 when he did.
1: Well, he was out of town. He wasn't here to gum up the legislative session. And so they were able to pass all these things without him around. Um <laughs> I'm just mystified at this okay captain climate change is uh, he's we know he's 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 all up and up in uh, support of the uh, global climate strike garbage we're hearing uh, from all this that's going to go around the state and uh, now there are, there are students that are talking about walking out of school on Friday for a global climate strike Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. because because after all, you know, crappy test scores around the state and everything else to mean anything, we'll just skip school because it's for the climate which won't know you're going on strike for it. Um because that'll do a whole lot to help. But well, hmm. aside
3: from the point, do young people even know what the issue is
1: well i mean they you know, know
3: bullet points from at least one side walk Do they out know of the whole
1: issue walk out of school vape and add to the climate problem but um, ah. the governor put out a press release this is just stunning to me it really is it t- is it really stunning because it doesn't stun me anymore all right may- maybe the fact that he put this out stuns me more than the fact that it's the way he feels I encourage educators to embrace Friday's global climate strike as part of a strong civic education for young people. Well, first of all, that's not civic education. That's number one. Number two, you're saying that you're encouraging kids to skip class. The youth of today will inherit the planet of tomorrow. No, really? I didn't know how that worked. The cataclysmic impact of climate change will impact them more than any generation before them. If I had the authority to excuse students from school to participate in this global climate strike, I would grant it. Oh, so you would excuse them from class while test scores are crappy around the state? Because after all, standing outside holding signs is much more important than actually learning something. But I don't. However, I support their engagement and activism on this crucial issue because it will accomplish a whole big fat bag of squat. Their future is the one truly at stake. Moments like this in our environmental history will define us and will reverberate for generations. Yeah, okay. Okay. I commend the youth in our state and across the country standing up for their future. Yes, that one, that line is beautiful. Moments like this in our environmental history will define us and reverberate for generations. I don't think so. I don't think a group of 50 looking at their phones, standing outside going, God, this is so cool, we didn't get to go to class today. Can we do like another strike for something like this? Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't buy it at all in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that the governor is endorsing skipping school, that's that's just that perfect. It's right to a T. I, I, I
3: will say though. It's right to a T. I, I am I am willing to place a monetary wager on this that there will be teachers in this state who will give their students credit for taking part in such
1: an endeavor. Yeah, they will. They, they will give them an excused absence or something along those or lines. Or extra credit or, or extra credit, which, which, which shouldn't be because they're skipping school there. The word strike alone is enough to tell you that it is a I non-excused mean, absence the and whole, a walkout.
3: The whole, the whole, you hit it there. The whole idea of a climate strike, walking out of class to protest the 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 perceived climate change issue just screams
1: socialism.
3: Well, it is. It, it just. I mean, I don't know if you could get any more in that line of thinking.
1: I, I hope the administrators, particularly the ones in Kennewick that just saw significant raises going to their teachers. Um, just out of curiosity, they they let the kids go for the day. Are they gonna get paid? Of course they are. Well, they're not teaching. It's all right. Okay. Uh, well, so, now, wait
3: a minute. Um, you, why do you do this? Why do you open the can of worms with a minute left?
1: Well, but, but, but seriously, no, but, administrators ought to turn around and make sure that all kids that walk out do not get excused absences, okay. period.
3: All the teachers listening, don't call in. I'll explain it to Rob. The, 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 their salary, teacher's salary, I know is broken. Works. Well, then why do you say dumb things like that? Of because, course they're going to get paid. Can we break it down, down by paid, hour? They get paid on July 18th. Even when school is not there. Why? I, because I their salary
1: that. is break broken I, up. I know how Come it on, works. Rob. I know how it works. It's frustrating. It is. It's extremely frustrating. Right. That you, that you have educators that are going to support this as well. When administrators should turn around and point blank say there will be zero excused absences for any student that walks out the door. And they can. And they should. Okay. So even if the teacher
3: allows it. Be civically engaged on your would, own time. I would like to see you, you. That is an excellent point. We'll see how many school administrators get behind this effort or uh, say, no, that's that's an unexcused absence. But, like, you know, have, I,
1: hate, I hate to sound like, oh, kids today, do they even care look, if there's an unexcused absence? Whether you're behind the effort or not does not turn around and make it an excused versus an unexcused absence. Just because you support something doesn't mean it's the new rule of law. It doesn't mean Wait it supersedes what's in place. No, I know. No, no. I. I know, my gosh, I, I know. I feel accountability. I feel
3: like this yeah. should be a law and a... Uh, so I am going to
1: I would, feel I w- that way. I would hope... Therefore, the laws change. I would hope every administrator in the Tri-Cities in the school districts in the area in the school districts in the state would turn around and say if you want to do this it's going to be on your time and you're not going to have an excused absence you're not going to get credited for a school day to walk out and stand outside and scream at the sky
3: i will i will offer this though if any school wants thinks this issue is important I invite you to hold an honest climate change debate in your school and have your students attend that instead of doing something like that. I'd even be That's willing fine. I'd even be willing to come and speak in opposition. That'd be great.
1: I could see that. Can I film? No. No? For posterity?
2: No, copyright. Oh. Wait a minute.